The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Welcome back. I hope you all had a, a good small group experience. Um, we'd like to just take a few moments now to share with the larger group um, if there's anything from your small group that, um, you know, that felt important for you or kind of resonated for you that you would like to share now with the rest of us. I think um, Ying, Trent, and I had a little group of ourselves, and it was just um, wonderful to hear each of our experiences um, and to share that. I think the richness of this chanting really comes forth in the individual experiences. So we'd like to hear from you. It was a very rich and uh, moving sharing. I'll just say one thing that really um, came clear was how much depth and richness and dimension as a Buddhist practice this has. Mindfulness, concentration, heart, heart practices, all of it. So that's just one small piece. Thank you for that. I think in our group, um, there is just so much attention that could be paid paid to all the experiences within our bodies and um, in the group interacting individually and with the group. And um, yeah, for me, it was um, where the chanting was coming from, like in my belly and uh, noticing that this wasn't something I could do half-heartedly, that, that it really called for a full engagement, especially in a group um, live, felt very, um, used used some Vega and Posada, and I, I, I think I felt qualities of that in the, in the, in the experience of chanting together. We also remarked this about the space, how it felt to be doing it in this space. Um, it's very special. Any other comments? Anyone want to share anything else? Hillary. I'm just accustomed to hearing the monotonic uh, chanting, which I think I think we talked about in our group. Is seems very. It's kind of um, conducive to. A meditative state, right? It's a very kind of calming. Um, whereas the melodic is so evocative of of emotion and devotion. 
which I really loved. Um, and I was really curious about the different sounds or the different quality of the melodies. I mean, early on um, in the chanting, it sounded to me, I, I mean, not that I'm very well versed in any kind of world music, but it sounded a little uh, like Pacific Islander, like even Hawaiian. And then I heard, then later on, it almost sounded like Gregorian chants. And I was just so curious about, um, yeah, where all that, I mean, they're so different. I was just interested in learning more about that. Thank you. So the melodic chants within the Cambodian context are often following the musical theory and practices of broader Khmer secular music as well. And so the, the scales, that is the musical notes that are being used, are ones that we might see in other kinds of Cambodian musical contexts as well. And those, you know, like any kind of musical tradition in the world, it's always in conversation with other musical traditions. So, and then there's also just all kinds of parallels, uh, whether it's the particular notes that are used or the vocal technique that we might see between uh, vocal traditions that are geographically quite separate from one another. So just to give a specific example for your question, uh, the second chant we did, this uh, one, the second melodic one we did, Maya's Guidance for Go to Me on page five, um, I put, this is not meaningful for everyone, but for those who, for whom this Western musical theory context is meaningful, I just put the imagining C as the fundamental pitch and uh, putting out the other notes in the scale in relation to that uh, pitch. And the particular scale that ends up being used um, is something like and this this scale is quite there are other musical traditions that use that scale, but it's one that's very particular to Cambodian music as well. Um, and sometimes when people are chanting in a Cambodian temple, say here in, in the United States, people are chanting together, they have different natural vocal ranges. Sometimes people will end up settling on particular notes of that scale just in the monotone chanting because it fits within music that people might be familiar with. Um, and so that someone with a lower voice might settle on a note like, ah, and someone might settle on a note like, ah, something like that. Um, just not consciously, but just as uh, an expression of this connection between musical traditions outside of the particular Buddhist tradition and within that. One 
Yeah, thank you so much for being here and offering this um this session. Um I was attending online. <laughs> I just got here, but I basically was listening and participating. Um yeah, I've um I've had the opportunity to actually stay in different kinds of Buddhist monasteries, including Tiknahan's Zen monasteries, and the style of chanting there is very melodious like this. I've also stayed in Sri Lankan monasteries and Thai forest monasteries. And something that I really miss um, when I kind of, you know, started practicing more in this tradition, the insight meditation tradition, was that there isn't really much chanting. And I was wondering why, like, you guys don't have to answer, but it's kind of like a question for IMC leadership and IMC teachers. Like, why is chanting kind of almost intentionally left out? That's what it feels like. Because I actually feel kind of sad about it. I feel quite sad about it because I feel there's so much... um, uh, there's so many functions and purposes to chanting. Like, first of all, as someone mentioned, it evokes this quality of devotion for me, um, especially as I go along the practice. And also, it's a way to memorize the teachings. The Metta Sutta, the Mangala Sutta, has a lot of important teachings. And in the monasteries, when we chanted it on the full moon and new moon nights, I mean, it's a way to kind of reaffirm community, too, a sense of um, building community and strengthening the bonds within the community. So that's my question. It's not, you don't have to answer, but like, why is it left out? <laughs> Could I ask a question back to you? Um, I, don't, I don't have an answer to this, this question, um, but I'm curious, since you, because of all your experience in encountering, encountering and participating in chanting in different settings, are there um, certain kinds of settings, say at, IMC or other centers you may participate in where you, you would like to see more chanting? And if so, what, what kind? I'm just trying to imagine what might be most meaningful or important to you. Yeah, I think the most meaningful would be like, you know, at certain dates that are very significant in the Buddhist calendar, like, for example, Visak, you know, or something like that. But also just like, you know, um, Sunday mornings are the most attended events. Just including something simple, like, um, like, what was it, the Reflections on Universal Well-Being, that's in the Thai forest tradition, or, you know, it's something that people can even take home with them and practice on their own, and anyway, just, just ideas, I mean, I, there's no, you know, events of significance, but also just something like a regular, you know, something regularly done, maybe once a week, once a month even, I don't know. Thank you. Um, how about now okay well um, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up Amy and I'm hoping that this event today can kind of stimulate that for us and maybe um, allow us to begin reflecting and discussing whether this is something we'd like to and can offer here I I myself also feel that I would benefit from some sort of regular um, chanting practice done at IMC so we can we'll look into it and I, I'm glad this event actually is stimulating these kinds of conversations as IMC is reopening and we're having more and more in-person events. The other thing I really appreciate about chanting is that it's in the moment, in-person, um, is so rich in those qualities. So um, we're almost at the end of our formal time together, and I want to again thank Trent Walker for all that you bring and are sharing and from this lineage and what you've um, spent time studying and really refining so that you can keep this tradition alive. 
Um, and I also want to recognize Chen Xing Khan here, who has a new book, One Long Listening. So if any of you want to check that out, Conversations in Chaplaincy. I don't think I got the subtitle quite right. But, um, and I'd like to invite her to come up here. And um, Trent and Chen Xing are going to help us close with a dedication of merit. So if you could turn to page two in your handout, and then there's this um, dedication of merit chant. This is just a translation of a vernacular Khmer language chant. Um, that chant goes something like, etc. And we'll do a similar melody in English, something like, let's try to find a pitch that's good for for you. Maybe you could start us off. May all I've done with care and craft, both words and acts, help me find bliss, shake off distress, and cross to reach nirvana's shore. So, just as an, as an example, and we'll do it all together now, so that with that same rhythm of essentially short, 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 long, short, 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 long, for each of the, there's seven short lines per stanza. And so we'll do it from the beginning to the end. Uh, Again, don't feel you need to be wedded to the notes that we're starting on. And uh, you can find what feels most resonant and true to your particular embodiment at this moment. So, um, may we uh, dedicate this merit of, of being here together, of uh, practicing uh, chant together to, uh, for all beings, and then also for exactly how it's expressed here in the chant we'll do together. Thank you. May all I've done with care and craft, both words and acts, help me find bliss, shake off distress, and cross to reach Nirvana's shore. In every life, may I give alms and hold precepts. May all my vows be soon realized, my boons, my bridge to realm supreme, my share the fruits of my merit with my parents, my preceptors, my wise teachers, and all my kin gone and to come. May my forebears, no matter where, they now reside, share in the 
joy of my blessings, may they find peace free from all pain. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. And this um, concludes our formal session of the program. And uh, thank you for those who joined us online. And uh, we hope you join us soon in some other ways. And uh, so those of you who are here in person would like to uh, hang out <laughs> afterwards. Um, please, uh, we have uh, some snacks on the counter and their tea. And feel free to um, grab something if you would like to get a chair to sit out. Feel free, we will open the uh, cabinet for those who don't know to get the chair. And we'll go to the back door, go through the back door. And we'll be uh, out in the parking lot. And those who have a burning questions <laughs> for Trent and uh, Chen Xing, feel free to um, uh, ask questions uh, around uh, in the parking lot as well. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, everyone, for coming. <laughs>